Well, good afternoon, everybody, and uh, welcome to Nun Talks. Today, I'm excited to invite my guest, Morgan Sabe, who is the 2021-2022 Edwin Parr nominee um, from uh, West Wind School Division, and so we're really excited to have her um, join us. For those who don't know um, what the Edwin Parr Teaching Award, it's presented annually by the Alberta School Boards Association, and it recognizes first-year teachers and their excellence. Um, and so uh, Morgan was our uh, nominee. And so we're excited to have uh, her on our Nun Talk show today and to learn a little from her about who she is and about the, I don't know, I'll say the future of education as she's a first-year teacher. Um, she's teaching at McGrath Elementary, grade two, grade two. And so... Um, Let's get to know Morgan a little bit. So, Morgan, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're from and a little background. All right. Um, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. My name is Morgan Sabe. I grew up in Watasquin, Alberta. It's about 40 minutes south of Edmonton. I went to school at the University of Alberta, and I majored in their elementary education program. I, my husband is from McGrath, so we moved down here when I graduated from school after my first practicum at McGrath Elementary. I love to run. I have uh, recently ran my first ultra this year. My students got to cheer me on for that. I love uh, trail running, mountain running, um, marathon. I don't like to go any <laughs> longer than that. I also... I love to paddleboard and hike. Uh, my kids know that anything to do with the mountains is Mrs. Sabe. I also love music. I took music all the way up to grade nine, Royal Conservatory for piano, oh, awesome. and all of my theory with that, and took a couple courses in university as well. I also love to bake. I was in Skills Canada in high school for um, the baking in foods class and got up to provincials for that. So I feel like I have a lot of <laughs> little interests and hobbies that have led me to teaching and being creative and merging them all together in one day with a whole bunch of little kids. That's awesome. <laughs> so um, do you come from a family of educators? I actually don't. I come from a family of engineers and <laughs> people who always mocked me for going into education, but I knew it was exactly what I wanted to do. And they all give me kudos towards it because they know that they couldn't do it either. Well, that's <clears throat> awesome. So let me ask you this. When did you decide that you wanted to be a teacher? It, in grade 11, I started teaching piano to a couple elementary kids. They would come to my house after school, twice a week, just for a little bit of extra cash. And my mom would sit upstairs listening to me. And after I would teach, she would say, I just don't know how you do it. How do you possibly have the patience? And how can you talk to them the way you talk or explain things or make piano relevant to a daily life so that they are interested in it? How can you motivate them? And then I realized that I had a passion 
for helping kids learn and grow and develop these skills and interests and seeing them flourish and seeing them have the success in their life. And I knew that teaching was the route for me. Oh, that's awesome. So graduated from high school, mm-hmm. went straight into university to yes. start uh, your the teaching program at the University of Alberta. Yes. Okay. So tell me what that was like, like being the teacher prep program and preparing yourself to be a teacher. So the first two years were mostly general studies. Um, my first year was chem and stats and everything that no one wants to take. And then my second year, I was starting to get into the education classes, and it was exciting. I got to do uh, a CSL, which is community service to learning. So I volunteered as a tutor. I would go into schools for a couple hours a day, and they would send me with kids. Um, In Edmonton, there was a higher population of English language learners. So I would work with a lot of kids just transcribing things for them. And then by my third and fourth year, I was fully into education. So I took specific math, elementary math, elementary, English, elementary, writing, reading, social. And I developed close relationships with a couple of professors, took on their higher level courses. Uh, My first practicum was actually canceled due to COVID. I got to meet my first... I had my first three meeting days. They were spread out on different Fridays. So I got to meet the kids. They got to know me a little bit. And then the first day of practicum, the Sunday before Monday morning, the government had announced that schools were going to be closed. So the first week of my practicum was packing up all of the kids' belongings and putting them in Ziploc bags. And then the rest was just paperwork. And then my second practicum, I actually was blessed to come to McGrath. Oh, awesome. Uh, my, my husband's uncle was a principal in the division, and he talked to some people, and it's always nice to have connections. And I was in grade five in McGrath, and I had a great mentor teacher and a great experience, and I knew that I wanted to be in Westwind ever since. Oh, sweet. So during your, well, obviously your first practicum didn't go as planned. Second one in McGrath. At any point in your practicum where you're like, "Ah, maybe I'll be an engineer like the rest (laughs) of my family. Uh, I I think my grade five practicum, I remember coming, it was about two weeks in and I was just in tears and I went to my mentor teacher the next night. I'm like, I can't do it. I don't. I like I love it I want to do it but it's just so much work and she said oh honey you got to set a 10 minute timer and you're gonna look up something for 10 minutes and as soon as that 10 minute timer goes off you're just gonna take the best idea that you found because you could be searching for ideas and thinking up ideas all night long set a 10 minute timer and ever since I keep that in the back of my mind 10 minutes this is what I found this is what we're doing awesome So we're going to fast forward a little bit. You finish your practicums, you're done at the U of A, and a position opens at McGrath. Yes. Uh, Apply for that position, you get it. Yes. And what was that like? First day, walking into your own classroom, your kids are going to come in. What was that like for you? Oh, it was 
I didn't sleep. <laughs> I, for the first time in my life, I took melatonin. I was just so excited and so nervous. And I, I knew the kids would be nervous. So I made, we had a class website and I, a couple nights before, I made a video tour of our classroom and I sent it to all the parents so they could kind of see. And I had a couple students send me a video back about them and I showed them around our room. They showed me around their room. Um, it was so exciting to be able to set my own routines, the decorating of the classroom and where I wanted posters and what colors I wanted to use or how I wanted my comfy reading nook to be um, was exciting, but also <laughs> exhausting. You can spend way too much time putting up posters in your room and getting out 28 book bins and desks and agendas already uh, but when they they got there it was just like peace like it felt like home they were all excited I was excited we were going to be a family for the next 180 days and I think we were all really excited for it oh, that's awesome so um, let me ask you this um, what is what do you think is the most important tool or skill that a teacher can have? So I had a professor once who I really admired and he said, Morgan, you have good grades, you have good ideas, you have great planning, you have great executing, but darling, you got to learn to adjust. And at first I was like, haha, that's funny. Like kind of a shoulder smack and then it kind of sunk in more like, you can be great at planning, at thinking of activities, at being creative, at all of these things. But teaching in a real life situation is not like what it is on paper. Your plan is never going to be executed exactly how you want it. Something, especially in grade two, is always going to be coming up. And there's always going to be little problems that you have to solve all day long. And you have to learn to be okay with taking a step back and really meeting the needs of your students at that exact moment. And I think that's the skill that going from school to the actual in-person practice of being a teacher, the skill that is most important and most needed if you're going to have a successful um, community classroom where your students do feel supported and loved and not just like your paper, pencil, drilling them, but you actually care about them and the needs that they have at that moment. That's awesome. I think all of us in life in general, um, flexibility is something that we all can be better at and <laughs> yes. work at, but it, it does, you know, nothing happens in a classroom the way we think it's going to happen yes. as a classroom teacher. Yeah, my husband's always telling me, like, if you don't give her three hours in advance, <laughs> she is not going to be okay if you change the plan. Oh, there you go. Oh, so... Yeah, no, Being yeah. able to flip that schedule around. And I feel like it, it's easier to do at school than at home but because you expect things to come up. But I think that is yeah. critical. That's awesome. So um, what's one of the most valuable lessons you've learned this year as a first-year teacher? I've learned two really good, really important lessons. I think the first one is to have a backup plan to your backup plan. And the second would be to have fun. And by fun, I mean develop relationships with every one of your students. Go to their football games. Go to their dance recitals. Like what, 
what are you doing to strengthen your relationship with those kids so that they know you love them, you love them, you have fun together so that when it comes to the learning, they fully respect you, they fully are interested in what you're going to teach them and they try their best. And you don't have, your discipline goes down because they want to do their best because they know that you care and they care that you're proud of them and that you love them. So I've learned if I'm having fun, I'm doing my job right, I'm loving the kids, they're loving being at school, and a backup plan to a backup plan is Good advice. <laughs> always needed. Yeah, I love that. I love that you need to have fun, and, and how you go about doing that is different for probably every teacher, but that piece that tied in there that was really important that you said was that relationship piece. And, and how do you establish that? And you, you named a lot of ways to establish a relationship, but it's, it's so true. I know we use the analogy lots of, you know, fill the glass, fill the cup, fill your bucket, whatever. Mm -hmm. But there's, all, there's that fill your relationship bucket too, right? So mm -hmm. that when we uh, turn and acknowledge someone as a, as a human in those moments of challenge, then we, we have that relationship bucket full and we can balance it and... And, and try to do better at it. Uh, one thing, Morgan, that I was really impressed with that I saw in your nomination video was about project-based learning. Um, and how you do that in a, a grade two classroom is huge. So talk a little bit about how you um, kind of built a, a foundation around project-based learning mm -hmm. and how you see that happening in your grade two classroom and, and what that's done for you as a teacher and, and student learning. Mm -hmm. So project-based learning to me really stood out because it seems very creative and real life. And as a student, I never liked social studies growing up because I never saw the value of it in my life. And as I went through school and started looking through the curriculum of all of these different subjects and how they interconnect and um, as an adult now looking on it, I'm like, wow, that is why I had to learn that because of this and this and this in my own life as I grow up. And I knew that as a teacher, I had a responsibility of making sure that my students knew that, making sure that they knew when I expect them to learn a certain outcome, it's because it is important in their life for so many different ways. So to be able to take the curriculum and make it real life and applicable for the children so that they can see the benefit of learning in their lifelong journey just fascinated me. And I knew that that was the kind of uh, teaching that I wanted to go on in my classroom. So our first project this year was uh, grade two quilts. And so we took the math outcomes about patterns and building patterns and um finding patterns in the real life and the kids designed their own patterns then they cut the material and they sewed up their quilts and then we added in letter writing and they wrote letters to who the recipients of their quilt were and then we brought in social and communities and uh, the different how we can be servers of our communities and they decided on their own to give their quilts to the homeless people to uh, the old elderly people as no one could visit them during COVID so they felt they were lonely 
And then they also chose to give it to a man who had been in the school who uh, was diagnosed with cancer and was going into surgery. And uh, it was a really rich experience as the kids had mastered patterns and increasing and decreasing and repeating patterns, but that they saw how patterns are part of life and how this outcome and learning would help them the rest of their life. And then the second part of the year, we've been working towards our pizza party project. And the kids started by learning double-digit addition of subtraction. And it seemed like this was going nowhere until we brought in the money. And as soon as you bring in money, we got to be able to add and subtract and take away. We have to know our accounting by tens and twenties and fives and twos. And... And then we brought in social and there's Alberta resources and the landforms and what animals live in different landforms. So the kids took the different animals and how they provide us with meat and they made pepperoni and stuffed it into a pig's intestine. And <laughs> they, they went to a dairy farm and learned how cheese is made from cow's milk and they got to make some mozzarella then they went to a farmer's field and grain bins and took the grain and they pounded it with rocks to try and make wheat and then we milled it together. And all of this is going to make pizzas. Their project is actually this Thursday and they're, they're going to be taking their parent and community members' orders. They're going to be making the pizzas. They're going to be serving them. They're going to be counting the money. They've written newspaper articles persuading people to come. They have had, <clears throat> sorry, they had a video commercial that they made and wrote together. And ultimately, I think that this project has taught them that what we learn in school is going to carry out into other aspects of our lives and that we're not just learning for a test but we're learning to be successful and we're learning because it's going to enrich our lives, others' lives, and ultimately we want to be good good citizens of our communities and of the world. So That's think, awesome. Yeah. I love how you won in that in both projects, um, you took the or took the kids to the community and brought mm -hmm. the community to the school. And uh, that, you know, that school isn't something that happens separate, but it really happens together. And although we're mm -hmm. in, in a building where we, you know, we have four walls in our classroom and all of that, but however we can find a way um, to bring um, students back and forth yeah. uh, in between the community or bring community into the school is, is awesome. Yeah. All right. So now you've done your first year of teaching. And, Almost. Uh, 17 days yeah, left. Yeah, 17 days left. <laughs> Okay, wrapping up your first year, what would you say is the most valuable lesson you've learned um, as a first-year teacher that that maybe you changed your thought pattern or your mindset um, based on you know what I thought it was going to be, what I know it is, and what I hope it is kind of going forward? Um, I think when I first started teaching, I was like, I'm going to be that teacher who has this calm, pretty classroom. Everything's color coordinated. The kids are going to feel loved. And then 
I realized how while the kids feel loved and while you have a calm classroom is important, it is not the be all end all. It's so much more about are they being able to read? Do they have the supports they can to read? Is there communication with mom at home? Does mom understand? Can I help mom know how to help that child? Because lots of cases, it's it's more than I can do and I have to reach out to a literacy specialist. And so I think uh, something that I realized is more important than the pretty posters on my wall that are helping the kids is just that big from the child to their teacher, to the home, to the bigger specialists, just their circle around them. And how can we help that child through navigate through all of these things? How can I as a teacher be a mediator through all of um, the different aspects of the child's life so that they are really actually being supported through them all and getting the most growth out of each child. I, I did not expect <laughs> that to be something that I would find important, but as I've worked with a lot of different needs and a lot of um, diverse needs, I've started to realize how important it is that every everything that we do for the child is supported and is universal through all of these support systems. That's awesome. I, I would agree with you a hundred percent. And, and sometimes, you know, we think about me, the teacher in front of my, my group of kids, yeah. uh, or we see that from the outside and we forget the complexity of the, I'll say the whole child mm -hmm. and knowing a little bit about this and a little bit about that. And, yeah. and that there's speech services and this one might need some physiotherapy and this one might need some OT yeah. and understanding trauma and trauma informed practice. And it, it's, uh, you know, we love what we do, but the complexity of it sometimes, mm -hmm. I, I think at the end of a first year, teachers are like, Oh, that's, that's a very complex thing to do. <laughs> There's and more so, in the child's life than just their yeah, grade then, two teacher. They can add double digit numbers. Yes. So well, that's awesome. Um, what do you, what do you hope to take into future teaching positions? What, uh, I think something really, um, really positive that I learned this year was to ask questions and that they're, are no bad questions like I tell my kids that um, if if I want to know something I just need to go ask and I need to go find it and lots of times I'll get answers to more than I even thought that I needed as I'm talking to other teachers and I learned that I don't have to know it all. I am only a first-year teacher and there are teachers who have been teaching for 10-20 years and they already have written the book and all I have to do is take a little step into their classroom and ask them and I will just exponentially become a better teacher just from others experiences and being willing to ask and talk to other teachers so I think that no matter where I am I think I will always value collaboration and see the benefit of it in my own life but more importantly my students as I can grow in my practice. Awesome. Well, it's been very fun to have this conversation with you. Is <laughs> Wednesday night uh, of this week we um, have a, a dinner with the retiring teachers. Yeah. And so it's uh, exciting to see both ends of that. Those that have put in 
I'll say 30 plus and some close to 40 years into mm -hmm. student learning and someone who's coming into the career. And uh, I really appreciate, um, I, I guess I can say on behalf of our staff here at Central Office, the work that you put into uh, having a very successful first year. And uh, I hope you have lots of successful years to come in it. Uh, in 30 some years, I won't be here, but I hope you can reflect <laughs> back and say, um, that, that was an awesome was a experience. Great guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but an awesome experience to, to look back where I was and, and where I got to and, and know the, the student lives you've impacted through relationship, uh, through academic uh, growth and learning, and helping them uh, find the best um, person they can be. So I have one more question that I've ended my podcast <laughs> with this year, and I'll just recap for those that may not have not uh, heard before. But at the beginning of the year, we watched a, a short video presentation that um, um, Superintendent Maz sh showed, and in it uh, was the idea of being a better human. So I'm going to ask you, just as a first-year teacher, what does it mean to you to be a better human? I think to be a better human means that you are improving by 1% every day. I don't think that it means you all of a sudden need to go out tomorrow and mow 10 people's lawns and buy groceries for someone and change 11 kids at school's reading abilities. I think it means that every single day you're striving to do something that will impact someone's life and uh, even if it's just a smile at a neighbor that one percent will lead to exponential growth and you will become a better person each and every day by doing that awesome well thank you very much and we're glad to have uh, morgan <laughs> savey join us on nun talks today she loves the outdoors loves to run loves music and uh, loves to bake. And if you want a pizza, go join her class <laughs> on Thursday, right? Yes, Thursday, okay. $10 yeah. a pizza. There you go. You can order from her class. And, and really just uh, thank you for uh, your dedication and work with our students in Westman and at McGrath Elementary in grade two this year. And good luck in the future. Thank you very much.